When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Taking Care of Lady Business, where we put the business back in lady business. Hosted by Jennifer Justice, founder and CEO of the Justice Department, a management strategy and law firm that works with female and woke male entrepreneurs, executives, talent, brands, and creatives to build and maximize their wealth, focusing in the areas of tech, consumer product, finance, media, entertainment, and fashion. Jennifer interviews entrepreneurial women who have done it all, who will be sharing their secrets on all things business, especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now here's your host, Jennifer Justice. Hello, welcome to Taking Care of Lady Business, where we are putting the business back into lady business. <laughs> so it's not what it was about. Um, today we have Kathy Entwistle. She is a private wealth advisor from Morgan Stanley. Hello, Kathy. Hey, JJ. Thanks for having me today. Happy yeah, to no, here. thank you for always, coming. Always happy to talk about women and money and how to get more money to women so we can make great decisions about things that are most important to us. That is awesome because it's exactly what we're going to talk about today. I want to first kind of start about like your background and, you know, going into like what exactly a private wealth advisor does. Sure. Um, So my background is interesting in the sense that I stayed at home, actually. I I, I started at a bank. Then I had um, three kids and I actually stayed home for 12 years, which not everybody knows that, but I stayed home for 12 years and I felt like I always needed to be doing something. So I realized as I was like pushing baby carriages around like the local park that none of my friends really understood money. And a lot of them um, had their husbands take care of money. And I really am a big believer that money is power and money is decisions. And if you give your money away, you're giving away your opportunity to make decisions for yourself, which is your power. So I think regardless of how happy you are in a relationship or if you're um, single, whatever it is, money is your way of putting yourself in a good position to make decisions about what you want and how you want to live your life. It's nothing more than a tool. You just need to understand it and build it so you have the options to make the choices that are good for you. So back to, you know, pushing the strollers around, I realized that a lot of women were not comfortable with money and they didn't really feel comfortable taking care of money. So I went to my local YWCA and I said, I would love to teach classes for women and investing as a volunteer. And they said, we'll give it a try. Well, I had 40 women show up Amazing. on my first class. Yeah. It was insane. And it, it proved the point that we want to learn about it. We just don't know where to start. And it can feel really intimidating. And sometimes we feel silly asking questions because we think everybody else knows. And the truth of the matter is most people don't really understand their money. And it's just a matter of starting 
and it's not just women, it's men too. And it's yeah. not just people who are not in the financial world. There's plenty of people that are in the financial world, but they're dealing with corporations and the financial institutions as opposed to their personal money. Everyone needs to learn about their personal money and build a relationship. So started teaching courses, taught for a bunch of years, and women would come up to me after the class, oh my God, this is amazing. Nobody's ever explained it to me this way. You know, my broker talks over my head or he only talks to my husband. Can you be my broker? Can you explain my statements to me? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just volunteering. Like, I don't do that for a living. I'm just trying to help you, you know, get educated and feel confident. And then after, I don't know, the 10th, the 15th, the 20th person, I was like, wait a minute, there's a need for this. Yeah. So then I went and I did all the things to put me in a good position to start as a financial advisor. The financial advisor is basically somebody who is going to look at not just, it's not just, oh, investing. Because I think a lot of people think money is all about investing too. It's, there's so much more to it. There's investing, but there's also your cash flow, like what's coming in and what's coming out and understanding how to generate positive cash flow, just like you would in a business for your personal, you know, uh, profile. And then there's protection. What do you mean protection? Well, you want to have your T's crossed and your I's dotted. You might be, maybe insurance can fit in there. Um, estate planning, trusts and wills. And who do I want to take my kids if something happens to me? Or who's going to pull the plug if I need that? Like, it's just those kind of questions people don't think about. Nice. Um, and then there's charitable giving, philanthropy. Like what matters to you? What's important to you? So we look at all of that. And I like to start every new client meeting out with a, what I call a discovery meeting. And it's a series of questions. And it's really interesting because those questions are designed to really get to the like qualitative part of somebody versus the quantitative part. Meaning I never start with how much money do you have? I find that crass in a sense, like, you know, yeah. it's good to know about money. Yes. But you know, it's not about how much you have. It's how you're building it, how much you're building towards what it means to you, what it's allowing you to do. So my first question is, what does money mean to you? Right. Yes. I love that. I, like you pose it to somebody, it's a totally different conversation. All right. So you ask them, what does money mean to you? Yes. And really what I'm trying to set is what are your priorities when it comes to your goals and your values? And then what are like, who are your important relationships? Who are the important people in your life? Um, what are your resources? What do you have to right now to help you reach those goals? And what do we need to build? And then um, also uh, just basically what's, you know, what your processes are, who are your financial advisors, CPAs, attorneys, who are the professionals that you work with? And how do you like to work with them? Do you like text, emails, that sort of thing? So it's yeah. all about set around the person's priorities. And I think that's a great place to start. So, but this really requires like somebody who has a lot of money in order to hire you, right? Like how do, how do women get there since we're so far behind and earning and compounded over time? I agree that there's a lot of work to be done to get people in the right spot. But what I'll say too is um, I took 12 years off and I started with a $30,000 job in 2001 when I was 36 years old. And it's like sometimes 
And then I was laser focused and put my head down and just worked really hard and kept building. And I think that it's very possible for all of us to do that because I am certainly no different than anybody else. Um, so what I would say to women, if you start now, mm-hmm. start now is the first step. So if you have a retirement account, a 401k, an IRA, a Roth IRA, these are all different types of retirement accounts that either companies help you set up or you set up on your own, maybe utilizing an advisor, a CPA. Um, And you want to put the maximum amount that you can away every year. If your company, some companies will match a certain percentage of what you put away, max it out, put as much as you can in. It sounds silly, but literally if you were 25 years old and you put $5,000 away a year for 10 years, and you've got an average 8% return, and you never put another dime away, by the time you were 65, you would have over a million dollars. And that's time value of money and compound interest. So that's just an example. You put $50,000 away, and now you have over a million. Yeah. It's not a bad gig, right? It's like, no, so you, it's, it's just no. doing it sometimes. The old Nike motto, just do it. Like just yeah. start and, and have like a little process. And the more, you know, I mean, if you exercise, you probably have like an exercise plan. I'm going to go twice a week to the gym and I'm doing, doing cardio and I'm going to do two days of weight training. You just need to do the same with your finances. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put aside X dollars a month into my emergency fund, X into my retirement account and X into like my building my wealth account and start yeah. to do it that way. So which can be daunting though. Right. I mean, a lot of people I know when I first started and it's like, well, I don't want that money taken out of my check. Like I need that money. I live in New York. I want to have fun. Like, you know, I mean, what do you tell the people, women when you're like, you got to invest in yourself, you know, we are more expensive. We make less money. We're more expensive. Like, <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, first of all, you have to think about yourself. You want to enjoy yourself now for sure, but you also want to pay future self too. So yeah. it's like a combination. The best way to do it is to do it before it hits your bank account. Because the minute it's in your bank account, it's so much easier to spend. So by taking your paycheck and sending it into a different account that's specifically for investments, just like you do specifically for your 401k, that will put that money aside and then you don't have it and then you don't plan on it. So I think that forced savings or pay yourself first is really sort of an overspoke about topic, but it's really important. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I think part of it too is, is what you talk about a lot. And that's asking, asking for your worth, you know, asking for the salary that you deserve or asking for the amount of money that you're entitled to, or that you're earning. And I'll tell you, there is change. So my 26 year old uh, daughter just um, was given an opportunity to work at another firm and she negotiated the salary up and the title up to where her next step would be at her current firm. Right. And she was telling me how excited she was that she got this job offer and she was going to let her company know the next day. And when she told them, they said, Oh my God, we had no idea that you were thinking of leaving. What do we need to do to match it? And she negotiated that next salary and that next title and she is at her company. So she had two companies vying for her. And I say this is because she was able to do that because of women like you and women like all of us that are out there fighting, you know, for them to 
have that opportunity yeah. to order and get it. Good for her. That's just it, right? It's like taking that initiative and taking that control and then, you know, negotiating for yourself so you get more. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Because I mean, there's only, there's, there's only a couple of ways to grow wealth. It's either to increase the money coming in or reduce the money going out. Those are the two critical areas, right? right? So it's either increasing your salary, asking for more, getting paid what you're worth and, or reducing expenses and redirecting them. I would say a third way to increase your wealth is by investing versus saving. Right. So you can either make more money or you can spend less money. And then, but there's also an investing angle, right? Yeah, there's definitely an investing angle. So a lot of women tend to be really conservative and we don't want to lose our money. So we stick it in the bank and we don't invest it. And we just get very low interest. Now, what you need to know is if you invest it, you can grow your money over time, long periods of time. You know, if you have invested in the markets, your money will grow. So if you can get a 7% return annually on your money, you will double your money every 10 years. So I think that's really powerful to know. If you've got a 30-year time frame, you have you know, opportunity to multiply your, your money exponentially mm-hmm. versus just having it grow just a tiny bit every year because you're only getting a little bit of interest. Oh, yeah. So by investing, that is how, you know, that is how you grow your money. Or by doing deals, you know, investing in companies that have exponential growth potential or you know, um, businesses. So I would say there's investing is a key word though, versus saving. I see so many people talk about saving. Yes. Saving is important, but investing is the key to multiplying the money that you have. But I mean, people hear about stock market crashes and market going down, you know, I've invested a bunch of, you know, things on my own and it's like, you know, yeah, I invested in January and it's down 30%. Like, how do I know it's going to go up and be, you know, well, I hope you're not talking about this year because if you invest in January and you're down 30% now, you're investing in the wrong no, thing. No, it's, it's, it's in cannabis when cannabis is down okay. right now. You know okay. what I mean? So yes, that's yeah. like a speculative and it's like a bad, like probably example. No, my other stuff is is not, but like, you know, it's, yeah. um, but, but you know, you there's talk like- of it going down, you know, how do you, I mean, it, it could be scary. Like, what do you say to people when they ask those questions? Right, absolutely. So I tend to, really try to coach my clients or the women that I still teach to this day. I still teach courses to women as a volunteer to help them like build their confidence around money. And I will talk about the ups and downs in the market and the fact that you have to stick with it. And the worst thing you can do is make an emotional decision when the markets go down Mm -hmm. and there's a key to avoid making that emotional decision. Okay. So last March markets went down. 30% in like a week or two, right? I mean, the markets just dropped tremendously and half of my clients didn't even call me or they said, Oh, we know just stick with it. Right. We're not making any, we're not selling now. No, we're just staying with it. Um, And the other half that maybe were newer and hadn't been through four or five market cycles with me already. We just talked to them. Listen, we're in for the long run. The way you can stay in the markets for the long run is if you have your emergency fund. So that is also critical. If you have an emergency fund, you don't need to go into your investments to access liquidity or cash because you have an emergency fund for that purpose. And that is what helps people sleep at night 
the emergency fund. Because that way, if something goes wrong, you have a fallback and yeah. you don't have to liquidate funds or, you know, figure out some way to beg, borrow or steal from other, you know, friends or family to help you out through a tough time. You want to be able to be in a position of strength. Having an emergency fund is a position of strength. The emergency fund, though, that's in savings, right? That's the only thing you have in savings is yeah. your emergency fund. Right. Short term liquid. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say to me, it's so frustrating. Like, I don't want to put that money in an emergency fund. Six months of your expenses, not six months of your salary, six months of your living expenses up to 12 months, depending on, you know, how much wealth you have. Right. Um, six to 12 months in cash-like investments that you can get to at any moment. So that's money market, savings deposits. And it can be frustrating that that money is not making a lot, but your other money will be making more money over long periods of time. And you need to have access to, to cash in case of an emergency. You lose your job. COVID was a great example. Nobody expected COVID to come around the corner and people yeah. needed to access cash quickly. If you have that money available, you don't panic because you don't need to go into the money in the market. You have time to let it return back to the normal growth levels. Does that so make sense? How do you grow all of them at the same time though? you know? Yeah, I understand. Like, what do you pick first? And what do you do first? So I always say there's got to be a, like a method to the madness. So if you have credit card debt is the worst thing to have, in my opinion, mm -hmm. um, it, it is not good for your credit score. Um, you have to pay off large amounts. Uh, you know, you think you're paying off minimums and over long periods of time, that principal that you borrowed is growing. The interest rates are obscene. If I could promise you in the investment world, a 29.99% return every year, that I couldn't stop everybody from coming, right? You'd be running yeah. to, to get those returns. Well, yeah. that's, you know, credit cards are, are charging 12, 14, 16, 24, 28%. That is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and think about it. When we go to an ATM machine and they, they charge $2, we get upset. Yeah. Imagine, you know, like the credit cards are charging you way more than that. Yeah. So what I would say is, you know, get rid of that first, you know, have a plan to get rid of your credit card debt. And you want to start building, you can do more than one thing at one time. We're pretty busy and, you know, talented people, right? All of us women. So I think you just need to set up those different funds. Like this is my emergency fund. I need, you know, making up a number $50,000 in my emergency fund. Um, I can afford to put away, you know, $1,000 a month. It's going to take me a few years to build up that emergency fund, but eventually I'll have it, you know, yeah. four years, whatever it is. You don't have to have it all on day one, just start building and then also start building your retirement accounts. And at the end of the day, whether it's a side hustle, it's asking for more money or just changing some of your habits, spending habits. It's important to do it because your finances affect your well-being. They affect your health, your mental health, and you want to have your financial picture in a good spot. It's important. And uh, by sort of lining everything up, you can do that. I can give you my little, my little like, story. I, you know, I was in my 30s in the 90s, I think. Um, and I will say that my kids were little. We didn't have a lot of money. And I went to what they called back then the envelope system, which people are like, what are, what's the envelope system? I literally, when we would get a paycheck, I would put 
in an envelope, here's $30 for gas. Here's like a hundred dollars for groceries. And I literally did not go past that money and I had to stretch it. It's not a bad like way to challenge yourself right. um, to something like that. Is it just forces you into realizing like, okay, this is what I have. Yeah. And then you can decide like, and then put a little aside for fun money in an envelope there too. So yep. And I go for cocktails. Maybe I'll just order, you know, one cocktail, you know, when I go out with friends or whatever it is or brunch. But I think it's important to have a good balanced life. I mean, we only go around once and you have to enjoy it, but you can also make other decisions that will help you build your wealth faster. Yeah. So what do you see, you know, as far as like women, what kind of like the difference when you're advising men versus women, what do we Um, do or make mistakes really? I mean, this is supposed to be learning. Like, you know, it's like, what can we learn from at, at this point, you know? Yeah. So I would say women tend to be more overwhelmed about money Mm -hmm. um, and they feel that they don't know as much, but the truth of the matter is I have male and female clients. And I would say um, there's been lots of studies on this too. Women can be very good at understanding money and investing money. It's a mindset and you just have to change your mindset to say, I can do this just like anything else. Can you open your own company, JJ? Can you like start a whole like justice department? Yeah, but yeah. That was, you know, that was, you know, I had to like talk myself into that. I had to have an executive right, and you coach, have to talk you know? Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. what you do with the money situation too. Like I just need to talk, talk myself into, under, you know, like I can do this. Like really, truly, if you think about it, it should not be hard. What's hard is we have all these messages from when we were growing up that creep into the conversation and cause us to freeze. Like, okay. Another question I ask people is how did you grow up in your family with money? Yes. Right. And I know you've shared your money story, you know, the way you grew up and how you overcame and, and, you know, moved forward from your own personal circumstances, you know, listen, when I was growing up, there was scarcity of money at, at a certain point. So you get like worried about it. Like, oh, yeah. will I have enough? Well, and I'd say women tend to worry more about outliving their money than men do. And yeah. we also have all these stories. Oh, my parents fought. So anytime somebody says money, like my shoulders and I get stressed out or um, we weren't allowed to talk about money. It was very taboo or we didn't have a lot of money or, you know, I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, people losing their homes and, and seeing things being taken away from them when they were little because of some bad decisions that their parents made. That affects us. Um, you know, it affects us. So we have to understand where we're coming from and then translate that into how we can move forward with it and understand yeah. it's not that scary. No, I know. Cause I still have a poverty mentality. I think I have no money at all times. And, you know, I don't have like man money. I say I have white lady money, you know, <laughs> but it's still, it's scary. And like, you know, I'm a single mom to kids and, you know, I'm constantly thinking about it, but that's just it. It's like, it is, it's stressful. You, and is, if, you know, you have kids, you want to provide for them and you want to make sure that you can have a life and, you know, we all, we all like dream about retirement, I think for the most part. So, you know, it's hard to think of a path to get there. Um, and right. also for women, as you know, it's like, 
you know, the older they get, the less, the more they're cast aside in their jobs and the less opportunities they have, you know, unless we're creating them ourselves. I mean, I think we're changing that dynamic, but it can be very scary, you know? Um, yeah. Doing that. And then when you're advising women like this, you know, do you also help them figure out if they're going to make an investment or not? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have questions about that all the time. At the end of the day, when I'm advising women, I would say, it's to get comfortable and invest in what you know, right? So if you invest in things that you know, I think back to Peter Lynch, he used to work at Fidelity and run like the Magellan Fund or something like that. And he used to go and ask his wife and his daughter, like, hey, I heard of this new company called The Limited. What do you think of it? Like, do you know it? Can you see it? Do you, would, you, would you shop it? Would you buy it? Would you, you know, invest in companies that you know and you believe in. Women want to change the world, I think. Yeah. We want to make an impact yeah. in so many different ways. So there's a lot of different ways now where you can invest in women businesses in things that are going to protect the environment um, for our children, yeah. for com- in companies that are making good decisions about who's sitting on their board or how they're hiring or how they're paying. There are companies that you can invest in or ways to invest to support that. Right. Um, no, it's so true. And I think, you know, look, I've made an emotional decision. I remember I was pregnant and Apple was tanking and I called my financial advisor. I'm like, what are you, you know, I'm, she actually sold it. She didn't talk me out of it. I was not, it was not a good idea, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like, it's hard friend. though. You know, it's like somebody's going to hand over money to you. And you make all the decisions on the money, you know, right? Yeah, I take it really seriously. I mean, I would, yeah, I would assume, yeah. I mean, this is somebody's livelihood, right? This yeah. is their, they worked hard for this and, and I am in their hands to make sure I help shepherd them through like the yeah. good times and the bad and help them get to a better place. And sometimes I have to have really hard decision uh, discussions with um, women because there's also that mentality of somebody needs to take care of me at times. Yeah. And when you see that mentality, it's hard because we have to be in charge of ourselves. Like I'm a big believer that I am not going to rely on anybody else for my livelihood or financial yeah. outcome other than myself. Like who's going to do a better job than me. So that means that like taking that ownership and stepping up and realizing that sometimes there's hard things or hard conversations you have to have. Like, somebody who is not working and maybe um, divorced or widowed and they're not used to working and now they don't have that income from their spouse anymore. And it's really unfortunate and sad, but you can't expect to live that same lifestyle and not take some ownership in trying to recreate some of that income or, you know, um, I give myself as an example, I was a stay-at-home mom. I just told you that. I hated having to have conversations with my husband about wanting to buy something. I felt like, oh my God, I'm asking him if I can buy something. It was, I mean, it was not fun. And I said, I don't want to ever have to rely on someone else when it comes to a decision about what I think is important to purchase or that I'd like to purchase. And that was one of the reasons why I went back to work. Um, and it, I never looked back. 
it was yeah. so much fun to get back there and to like really do something I love and earn an income and see that income grow over time. Um, and I'm with you in the sense that I see why so many women want to own businesses because we have a better chance in a sense when we have our own business for success, because we can set the rules and we can work hard and we can get paid what we're owed or what, you know, what we deserve. Um, unless we're in a corporation where we're able to easily climb the ladder, you know, yeah. work hard and climb the ladder. Yeah. But like, I say that all the time. Like when like, what's some advice or some action, something actionable that women can do. I'm like, this is a really hard exercise for a lot of us, but it's like, take away all the money that your husband and our father and our family has given you on what are, what's your actual worth by yourself. And then it's very, it's really scary because if all that went away, you know, then what would you have? And then, you know, also, like you said, it's like, it's choices, right? It money doesn't make you happy, but it gives you the ability to think of other things, right? Because otherwise that's all you're thinking of. And, you know, and it's a luxury not to think of that because as you intimated, like, you know, I grew up in a poverty, you know, environment and, like that's all we thought about like it was a luxury to think about myself and like what I could be doing and daydreaming or you know self-indulgence you know self-care Sundays like what's that like those kinds of yeah so it's so true um amazing look this is awesome I know I could talk to you all day about money and putting money in women's hands and all the work you're doing to educate women is literally um, like God's work because we are scared of it right it's like we are scared to we were told it's like so icky to talk about money um, so we got to go. Is there anything that you wanted to say that we didn't get to talk about? I would just say, you know, everybody says face your fears, right? You have to face your fears. And if your fear is money, just start thinking about it from the quality aspect, qualitative aspect. How does it make you feel? How can you, you know, what kind of a life do you want to live versus the dollar amount? And that will help you embrace it more and then build the quantitative amount. So qualitative before quantitative will help you get there faster is my advice. Amazing. Okay. So now, because I'm interviewing all women to give advice to women on how to do stuff, what is your worst advice you've ever received? And I'm sure it'll be from a man. (laughs) My worst advice I ever received. Oh, that's a hard one. I wish I knew that. I I wish I I had that prepped already. Worst advice was when I was literally in eighth grade and one of the neighbor's fathers said, oh, honey, you're not going to have to work. You just find a man to help take care of you. You'll be all set. Worst advice ever. You need to rely on yourself. There's always themes, by the way, I'm asking uh, women. It's always somebody being like, oh, just put your head down and work or like, yeah, like somebody else will take care of it. Oh, my God. Kathy, thank you so much. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me uh, via email, kathleen.entwistle at morganstanleypwm.com, or they can um, Google me and pick up the phone and give me a call, but I work at Morgan Stanley, and I love you know, sharing insights and advice. Even if you just want to bounce an idea off of me, I'm happy to do so. Or hire you, by the way. How about that? That too. Women are always looking for other professional women to hire, for sure. Lawyers, accountants, financial advisors, et cetera. Yeah, I have a great group of clients. I love my clients and um, I would, I'm always happy and um, to work with other great women too. 
Love it. Well, thank you everybody for um, listening to this edition of taking care of lady business. Make sure to comment, like, let me know if there's any topics that you want to cover. Um, Until then, I am Jennifer Justice. Thank you.